1: How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the NFT Nation podcast, the most relatable and reliable NFT and crypto podcast in the nation. And in today's episode, I am blessed to be here today with Josh Gordon from the Unstoppable Domains podcast, as well as the Unstoppable Domains project team. Today's goal in this kind of episode is to learn all about what Unstoppable Domains has to offer, as well as learning about Josh and his journey throughout the crypto world. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest, Josh Gordon. What's up, Josh? How's it going?
0: Hey, Michael, I'm doing well today. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I love talking crypto, Web3, NFTs all the time. So I just it's just good to be able to chop it up with you and see what questions we can answer and dialogue we can have. I, I'm a big believer in education being the driver for adoption and crypto is not easy nfts are confusing and unfortunately there's no 30 second elevator pitch to really answer a lot of the questions that people have around it and so i think podcasts are just a great medium to dive into the meat of the tech and the culture and and the innovation we're seeing right now so happy to be on with
1: you yeah awesome awesome it's uh great great to have you especially uh kind of your teacher Motive in in the uh, uh, Web3 space really helps, especially. I love your podcast. Um, It taught me a lot, just especially not not only the basics, but it's taught me a lot learning from your guests that you have on and kind of them talking about what they do and how they work inside the space. But to kind of start out this kind of interview, you could say is um before you got into crypto in the Web3 space. Like what? What did you do for a living before you got into all that? Like, how did you start? Like, or kind of yeah, what? Yeah, this. What did you do before pretty much?
0: Yeah, you know, I graduated college in 2016, and after that, I got right into consulting. So I was doing tech consulting up in the Washington D.C. area, and I really focused on emerging technologies. So I was focused on virtual and augmented reality for like the first three years of my career, and thinking through how we can create experiences for. Uh, for training and government agencies. So think through like, if you're a fighter pilot and how, how can you get a thousand reps in the cockpit before ever stepping into a plane and thinking through how we can do that in VR and whatnot. And so while I was doing some VR, AR stuff, blockchain came on the scene in you know, 2017 and I helped put together a, a blockchain strategy for the firm I was working at and, and how the government can start thinking through this stuff. And what I noticed then was A, we were so, I mean, if we're still early now back in 2017, we were way early then. And the government really didn't have an appetite for blockchain. And the strategy work I was doing kind of got killed. But that really piqued my interest. And I started investing in crypto, at Bitcoin, Ethereum. I I wrote it all the way up in 2017 and I wrote it all the way down, you know, through the bear market. But that really got my interest. And from there on out, I did. I, I continued my career in data science so I became a data scientist very technical and coding and kind of did some projects around crypto still on on the side to to stay interested and this whole time though I've always been a creative so a, a story I like to tell a lot is one of my best friends his name's mJ he he raps and and I made a lot of videos and did a lot of photography work. So I said, hey, man, let's team up here and let's try to create weekly music videos and see if we can get this rap thing off the ground. So we did 37 straight weeks of music videos. Uh, he wrote the song Monday and Tuesday, recorded it on Wednesday. We shot the video on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I edited it on posted it on Sunday. So it was a rapid fire for like a better part of a year. And we got this. Kind of got this music thing off the ground a little bit locally. And that really got me just into the creative world. Uh, So, you know, just focusing on the artist experience. I learned a lot about how artists monetize and grow their communities. And then come 2021, I discovered the world of NFTs. It's something that had been on my peripherals for a long time, but wasn't an area that I had gone deep in. But then for, I, I could tell that story too, if you're interested but once i got into nfts i basically just saw this my worlds merge between tech and art and community and i just knew i wanted to jump head first in so even though i am never thought i'd be a podcast host full time i found a way to really merge a lot of my passions and interests and and right now i'm i'm loving it so it was my foot in the door to web3 and crypto and i'm really approaching this role as podcast host as what is the value of getting to talk to some of the smartest people in the crypto space every week and learn from them? You know, I'm, I'm getting the chance to build my network. I'm learning. I'm learning myself. Like, even though that I, I, that I think these podcasts are educational for others and entertaining, I'm being educated at the same time. So I look at it as a chance to really think of, advance how I think about these concepts and grow my network.
1: Yeah, I mean that's awesome. I think me and you have the exact same opinion on uh, these kind of Web three deep dives uh, podcasts. Where not only are you learning, or not only being entertained or learning from the episode, the host or the people on the podcast are learning from each other, and it's just kind of it's just like all around good, and everyone's kind of expanding and broadening their their horizons just from kind of having a meeting. Or just talking about certain crypto topics, which is great to see. 100%. Um, But obviously, you talked about kind of your background um, working in production, especially for your friend who did rap videos and all that. Like, do you think, um, especially the production area of that and kind of the fast nature of it, do you think that's helped you in kind of like the business world? And as you've gone on, like that uh, part of your life where you had to rush and like not only rush but have it be good as well yeah like do you think that helped you yeah you know what i would throughout? say here is
0: that i don't i didn't view the weekly schedule as rushing actually i really viewed it more as consistency and and showing up every week regardless of the circumstances and and not letting kind of external factors dictate what you do so i made a commitment with my friend that we were going to put out a video and a song every week and we just stuck to it. And in that consistency and the persistence in there, I think has been a great teacher for me. Uh, So much stuff in the business world and especially content too, as it relates to community building and NFTs is showing up on a consistent basis and there's so much value in that. it may be a little oversaid, like, you know, the whole quantity versus quality thing. Mm-hmm. If you can, there was there was a really good I saw some kind of maybe it was a Twitter thread or it was a study recently. It was like a professor. Had, there was a, a, a pottery class and the professor told half the class that their final grade was based on only one piece of pottery that they submitted. The other half of the class, their final grade was only based on completing 50 unique pieces of pottery and then at the end of the semester the professor looked at the half of the class that only had to produce one and and the half of the class that had to produce 50 and found that the the class that the the students that were producing 50 pieces of pottery over the semester their final piece was better than the one piece submitted by the people who only had to do one over the course so every time you show up you iterate i mean i'm a it, iteration is like a word that i feel like it's tattooed on my body i I approach it to in so many areas of my life i'm always iterating i'm i'm taking what i'm i've done then i'm doing it again and adding one step further of improvement so with every music video i shot it was a personal goal every single video i have to learn one new editing technique and that was on a week-to-week basis so 30 weeks in i've got 30 new techniques and tricks under my under my tool belt and so I kind of think that it's i approach it with the the podcast too i mean my podcast comes out every wednesday it's called the unstoppable podcast and once i started full-time i in january i started full-time in january of 2022 and i had about a month where i got a lot of a lot of things locked in like the designs the the process the logistics working with agencies and finding guests and then the day we launched the first podcast February 9th I knew all right this is coming out every Wednesday and there's no if ands or buts about it and so I think it really keeps you um, keeps you consistent keeps you motivated and makes sure you are following up on the actions that you need to do so I really encourage I I, don't know, I really encourage pe- pe- people to find those kinds of habits in their daily life um, this is maybe a little bit not nft related but I, I read a great book called atomic habits it's like a it's a very popular one in New York Times bestseller. I think it's the most yeah. highlighted book on the Kindle, um, but it's all about like habits and how the habits we have shape our identity. And and so I, I I approach a lot of things like that. You know, what habits am I have? do I have or am I trying to build and how do those habits reflect the person I want to be? So in all aspects of my life, I want to be someone who shows up for others and people can count on. And so if that's making a music video, if that's putting out a podcast or being someone that you can call when you need it, like that's the kind of person I'm trying to
1: be. That's awesome. I, I love that. Especially, um, I've only been doing the podcast for a few months, but I can tell each episode I create, I learn, I, was, I, I kind of look back on it, I'm like, wow, I could I, I could have done something different. I could have asked my guest this question. It would have really helped the conversation, stuff like that. You kind of keep in your toolkit as you go along and you kind of use those tools that you've gained throughout the journey and everything in your content just continuously gets better. And like your example about your, you don't really want to say uh, quantity over quality, but sometimes you have to have a large amount of quantity just to create quality. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally hundred I mean, percent. Yeah, that's yeah. well said.
1: So obviously you, um, you work or you were part of the unstoppable podcast and you, it's obviously a, Uh, a small part of a much larger kind of corporation if that makes sense but to get into the crypto side of what you do what was your first experience with crypto
0: yeah um so and I'll, i'll say like i i do run the unstoppable podcast i hosted and i i lead a lot of our content initiatives there so just to start off at this high level unstoppable domains we are a web3 company a startup making nft domains and that has to do with your identity on the internet and definitely happy to dive into that but my first experience with crypto and i it's funny like i was just looking at this the other day in coinbase i mean it was in coinbase and it's just buying bitcoin buying ETH. the first uh, ethereum i ever bought i bought an an entire ethereum for 125 dollars and i I had to scroll all the way down on my my buy transactions on coinbase because i was curious and i was like dang 125 if only i knew Um, And so it started off just buying crypto. And, but I think the more interesting story is really around NFTs. So a good friend of mine from college started a music NFT company called Mint Songs. And I was at the beach over Thanksgiving break with my family. And, uh, and I get a DM from him on Instagram. And he just said, Hey, man, can you check out my pitch deck? And I want, I know you have a lot of artist experience. So he knew that I was shooting all these music videos that I was in touch with a lot of uh, rappers in the DMV area and wanted me to take a look at the plans he was putting forth. So I read this pitch deck and it was all about how NFTs are going to change the way we consume content and media. And it pointed to so many examples uh, in terms of how the collectible market is changing. I mean, you look at StockX and the way people buy and sell rare sneakers and you look at the Pokemon card and baseball card market and how people buy and sell rare and rookie cards. And then he pointed to NBA Top Topshop which is a and which is an NFT platform for basically trading and buying and selling and collecting NBA basketball moments. And I hadn't heard of NBA top shot, but I knew one thing and that is it my friend Dwight is a smart guy. If Dwight's talking about something I need to and I don't know what what it is, I need to learn about it. And so I basically just went straight to NBA top shot, started seeing what it was all about, got into their their beta program and I remember buying my first NFT. It was, I I bought a pack and I opened the pack and I saw these three moments that that popped up out of them. And it was was a fun experience. It was um, a learning experience. And after, yeah, after getting my NBA Top Shot moments, I became absolutely hooked. And I got uh, all my roommates I was living with at the time into it. We started buying and selling moments together. We started buying NFTs together. And I just basically never stopped. So that was, it really all went down January, 2021. And I started working at Unstoppable full-time January, 2022.
1: Wow. That's a, that's more of an interesting first um, experience with crypto. Obviously your first time buying crypto is kind of basic. I feel like, I assume like a lot of um, people is first experience just opening a Coinbase account. But that, your journey in NFTs, is actually pretty, um, pretty interesting i like to hear that so what was your friend's music um
0: company yeah it was it's called it's called mint songs so they're funded by coinbase ventures which is a an awesome like venture capital arm and a couple other well-known players so it's it's really I, i credit everything in my nft journey really back to that so for mint songs he ended up getting funding several months later after sending me that pitch deck you know i gave him some feedback and whatnot and and then they launched and I saw that and I, was, and I said, wow, you know, Dwight's the only person that I really know who's building in the space. They're not just collecting. They're not just flipping NFTs. He's building and and is hiring. And so I, I'm not a blockchain developer and I basically just hit him up. I got on the phone and I said, hey, man, I'm not a blockchain dev, but what can I do for you? And we talked and kind of talked about some content ideas because he knew that was an area I had experience. And, and so what I did is... I went a step ahead and I really encourage people to, you know, take some lessons learned from this. If you're looking to get in the web three spaces, you know, I didn't, he didn't just tell me that a podcast was interesting. um, And then we hung up after he said, you know, a podcast, maybe, maybe there's something there. I mean, this is an early stage startup, three and three to four employees, you know, they don't, they're not just spending money left and right. And so what I did was I interviewed my friend who who was the rapper that I, I told you about originally that i made music videos with and i pretended like i was the host of the mint songs podcast and we were just talking about music and nfts and i put the i put the interview together i put the podcast together and i put a, a short slide deck together on a presentation and i said this is what i can do for you every single week and not only is this what i can do here's an example of it and he basically saw that and said this is exactly what i'm looking for when can you start so I started doing a music NFC podcast originally. It's still, you know, you can still search for it. It's called the GM Metaverse Podcast and did about five episodes and then Unstoppable Domains reached out to me. They were looking to hire a full-time host and I had never expected that five weeks into my podcast journey, I was going to get an opportunity to do this full-time for a company and it really caught me off guard. But it just goes to show like, I don't know, when you have initiative in something, what it could turn into. And I jumped at the opportunity. I quit my data science job, and even though it was a good one, and uh, I just knew where I wanted to spend my time and energy.
1: Yeah, awesome. You, you really, uh, truly know, especially in the, the creative space, that you could say we are both a part of. Um, you really never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to reach out. You never know what conversation might lead to new kind of um perspectives on any type of work or just like new projects you you never know like every day is a new day everyone in the
0: everyone in the crypto space that you want to talk to is basically one twitter dm away so being active on twitter creating some kind of content having a perspective is is massive
1: yeah yeah i I, twitter twitter can uh obviously there is positives and negatives to twitter but i think especially for crypto just like you said Twitter Twitter is, like, the home for crypto. That's where it's it, – it, everything's there for crypto. Everything you need to know. Yeah. So, um, obviously, to continue, you have – our viewers won't be able to see it, but you have a custom uh, Mutant Ape uh, skateboard deck in your kind of office area. Would you say that's your current favorite NFT project, the Board Ape Yacht Club, or what would be your current – Yeah, uh,
0: you know, it's hard for the Bored Ape Yacht Club not to be my favorite because I kind of shared my come up story in NFTs, but where I where I stopped was uh, it goes back to Dwight again. So we had been talking and then he changed his Twitter profile picture to a Bored Ape and and I didn't know what that was. So just from kind of following him from afar, I figured out what it was. I went online I started searching on OpenSea and, and seeing what they were selling for. And at the time, Bored Apes were only selling for like 0.2, 0.3 ETH. Today, they go for over 100. Wow. And, wow. and so basically, <laughs> without even doing much more research, I just bought one. I bought one for 0.4 ETH. And it it really, it was probably the best investment I ever made. Uh, I sold it way too early. I, I can be honest here. I sold it for 8.5 ETH. But... I mean, oh that's my. a massive flip. And yeah. I, more important than the flip, though, is what I learned in the process. I, I felt the power of what a good NFT community is. I saw how people came together and started innovating, given the IP rights that they were allotted from their NFT. So basically, the Board Ape Yacht Club was really the first NFT collection to give rights of the IP, the intellectual property of their associated uh, ape and their, their NFT To the holder. So, if maybe an example is, you know, if you own Nike shoes, you can't just you can't just sell the Nike shoe derivative. You can't profit off of the the brand. But when you own a board ape NFT, that ape, that specific one, you can do whatever you want with it. You can make merch, you can make coffee, you can make uh, um, uh, a wine brand. And so people started coming together and getting really entrepreneurial. So even though I sold the ape, I got back in with my mutant and that mutant has been awesome. It's it, it's given me access to events, uh, airdrops, and it's now become one of the most respected collections in the space. So yeah, the my mutant, oh man, it's tough. I it's tough when NFTs are worth a substantial amount of like real life money because yeah because it really makes you ask like should I be hold- should I be holding this is this the responsible decision like I'll be honest I'm I'm young I'm still I'm still trying <laughs> to get to like a, a place where I feel really financially secure and I've had some awesome some awesome NFT trades but you know I I told myself that I was holding this thing for life We'll, we'll see if we'll see what happens along the way, but right now it is my PFP, my profile picture, and probably my my favorite NFT. Yeah,
1: I mean, especially when you talk about, you can tell yourself I'm holding this for life until kind of life happens. If that makes sense, like, yeah, you can say you're doing something until maybe you mute. You wake up tomorrow and you mute Nape is worth double. Like, yeah. how is that? How is your perspective going to change? Obviously, I um, I respect your kind of hoddle uh, some I mean something
0: definitely. I say I, I'm not hot I don't huddle everything 100% like I definitely and this is to anyone who's listening that trades at all or is you know thinking about how to approach nfts is when you get an asset like like a board ape or a mutant ape the this commute this nFT project has been known for giving airdrops to the holders so a mutant ape and a board ape those are the two membership tiers of the board ape yacht club. Now, when they came out with ApeCoin, they airdropped Mutants and Bored Apes ApeCoin free. So uh, I think Apes got 8,000 ApeCoin, Mutants got 2,000. So I was able to claim 2,000 coins for free just for holding the NFT. So personally, I did sell my coins. And I kind of look at that as hold the asset, sell the airdrops. So I sold my mm-hmm. tokens, and then recently there was a land sale. It was called Other Side and a Metaverse land project that the Board APIOT Club has now come out with, and and saw a ton of media attention. So I'm I'm sure your listeners are somewhat aware of it, maybe. But mm-hmm. I was able to claim a free land uh, for from my mutant, and I also sold that before the, they revealed the lands. So it was that's a chance for me to kind of take profits while still holding my my core NFT. And I'm sure I'm going to be getting more airdrops from them in the future. So hopefully that's the good play in the long run.
1: Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. I mean, or you can kind of um, think of it as kind of like a dividend from a stock. You're just like, okay, they, they have given me kind of some income that obviously I don't, you don't have to sell to make an instant profit. But you know what? I'll just cover my cost basis. I'll just make sure I'm kind of on even playing grounds and kind of living freely on that yeah but totally um, a dividend is definitely how i describe it to my friends too yeah um i kind of i'm just gonna do a little plug here if any of the viewers out there are ha- are wondering about the kind of the new recent news and all the new uh kind of minting with especially the land and all the new board ape yacht club um, metaverse which is called the other side just like josh corn said um we do have an episode about a few days or a few um episodes back where i kind of talked about the the news with the board api club and everything that's going on with the new other side um land mint so if anyone's interested go check that out but to continue on with the podcast you obviously said how you obviously mentioned how you got started with the unstoppable domains podcast what did how did you kind of learn more about unstoppable domains before just jumping in like how did you did you know what did you know what nft domains were or did you kind of learn as you started working for them?
0: Yeah, so I had been somewhat familiar with NFT domains. I did have an ENS domain name, which is our main competitor in the NFT domain market. I wasn't as familiar with Unstoppable, but it really just took diving in. Honestly, I dove into the Unstoppable podcast and I listened to the episodes from the host prior to me, and I started DMing people. It was pretty cool. I DMed. A bunch of some investors you might be familiar with balaji he is a a very well-known voice in the crypto world uh his his twitter is just balaji s and one of the big brain thinkers in this space he was the first cto at coinbase and he's an investor in unstoppable domains so so i shot him a twitter dm i asked him what his thoughts are i knew it was a long shot but he actually responded Uh, I, i dm'd chris dixon who's a big venture capital investor, Andreessen Horowitz, about Unstoppable. He responded as well. And then I DM'd Matthew Gould, who's the CEO of Unstoppable, and just asked some more questions that I had. And he got back to me too. So the power of just sending a DM really struck hard and everyone shared their insights with me. But ultimately, something I think is really cool about NFT domains and and made me want to work at Unstoppable versus just an NFT project is is a lot of nfts we see are kind of like art collections or they're it's music or it's a profile picture but unstoppable domains is building something that's actual like crypto technology it's something that we're going to use and not just something we're buying and trading it's it's with a board ape you buy it and you really hope that it goes up in value right but an unstoppable domain is something you use day in and day out so let's talk more about nFT domains can I are you cool if I do that a little bit yeah
1: no go right ahead I would that's that's just what I'm about to transition to go right ahead
0: so so right now if you've ever sent crypto to anyone you've probably sent it to an, a long hex uh, hex address so it's like 0 X a B one two seven three two one it's like 27 alphanumeric characters long or something like that and that's confusing. That is, hard, that's a bad user experience and there's safety issues too because if you mess up one letter, one number in that address, your crypto is going to the wrong person and there's no one to help you get it back, right? So with an unstoppable domain, you are giving a human readability to a crypto wallet address. So instead of sending to a, an alphanumeric address, you can send to josh.nft or michael.crypto. And the power in that is it simplifies the transactions for everybody. So if, if we believe that crypto is going to have global adoption one day, we need human readable names. So the, the kind of the mission there on uh, providing the identity layer for Web3 and crypto globally really resonated with me. And I was really excited to see that it was something that was usable versus an NFT that's more just like a JPEG, right? So I, I like that a lot. And honestly, Unstoppable Domains is one of the is, is one of the strongest teams in the space. We're 160 people big for a crypto startup that's massive. Um, they we are we're global. We're in Asia. We're in Europe. We're in America, South America. And and we're rapidly growing. So have a lot of really cool things on the horizon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see. Uh, obviously, you all have seen a lot of growth in the past year and kind of beyond that. But and especially, you have, I think the Unstoppable domains has over maybe like 200,000 followers on Twitter. I think when I last checked. So, obviously, there's a big community aspect to that as well, which is great to see that people actually have, uh, like, have faith, you could say, or believe in the future of NFT domains. Cause I, I've looked at the NFT domains for this kind of interview, I'll, uh, kind of before we started and everything. And I can see the use case. Like, the use case is very simple, it just makes sense. Like, no one wants to you like if you want to be able to communicate and or send transactions with your friends or people you know, you want to be able to actually be able to read what it is. Yeah, like like I'm, I don't want I don't want to pay like just a random number digit. like I don't want to have to consciously just go over every single letter because I'm scared I'm gonna send a hundred dollars of crypto to the wrong place. It it would just make sense if it was just a lot simpler. But to continue on with nFT domains, what would you compare like an nft domain to like to a non crypto user
0: if yeah. that makes sense so you know the the easiest example here is a traditional domain like google.com so .com you know indicates that it's that it's a domain we it every one of us interacts with domains every single day long in the web 2 kind of version of the internet and so but before things like google.com facebook.com you know, what what else is a website we go to every day? I don't know. Like pick, pick whatever .com you go to every day. Yeah, Twitter.com. Uh, yeah. Twitter.com. Okay. So before that, uh, the way that computers referenced those websites, it were IP addresses. And we still do. I mean, every .com, it has an IP address associated to it. But we didn't always have like that human readable side to it. So, you know, 20 years ago, um, 20 years ago, you, google.com might have been 127.0.1.10 and eventually we put that human readable layer on top of it. So, just like we converted IP addresses to easy to use domains, I think we're going to convert hex addresses to human readable mm-hmm. names. And so, that's that's really the easiest example. I mean with with a NFT domain, you can make a decentralized website with it as well. I would say it's really not our biggest use case or value prop, but um, that's an option. So you can make a website, you have the human readable aspect. And then as we kind of dive deeper into the idea of digital property and how digital property and assets are going to completely change in the next five to 10 years, NFT domains play a big part in that too.
1: Yeah, that's great to see. You. Especially, I believe that with the growth of the people in the crypto space, they're obviously the more the more and more people you have, kind of the I, it's hard. You don't you, you don't really want to call it this, but the dumber and dumber the technology has to be, so it's easier to understand. If that makes sense, like you don't want to really call the like people joining the crypto space the dumber that they, but it has to be easy to understand. Like it has to be instant. If that makes sense like when you when you use your phone like it swiped it tells you swipe to unlock like it's simple it's it's nothing it can't be complicated and that's what nft domains i i believe have the like um, ability to do is make using crypto and like transaction with with that very easy but also you talked about the use use case for them how do you or how do you say like how do you um attach a wallet to an NFT domain or like is, is there a, a, a max amount of wallets that can be inside an NFT domain?
0: Yeah. So the association of your wallet address with your human readable name, like josh.crypto, it, that that would happen within the, like, the Unstoppable Domains website. So we have a really mm-hmm. easy to use interface. You have a profile. You can attach your wallet addresses. And we actually allow you to attach up to like 275 different um, coins or supported tokens. So you can attach your bitcoin address your ethereum address your litecoin your matic and your, for polygon your solana and so whatever basically like if you're using a, a token out there unless it's a, a brand new DeFi token that maybe we just haven't integrated yet chances are that you're going to be able to associate it with your unstoppable nft domain and that's huge it's it's one name for every wallet you have and we call that indirection being able to attach multiple crypto addresses across different networks and wallets to one NFT domain. That flexibility allows you to have one place for all the payments that you send and receive to be associated with. And um, I I think that's powerful too. So you talk about the ease and and making sure things are easy and intuitive. You know, having one name for all your wallets is a big answer on that. Mm
1: -hmm. Especially uh, having one name for all your wallets. Uh, uh, me personally, there's, I feel like I use five different wallet applications and my crypto is everywhere and I, or obviously there's, there's still going to, like, if I have put, put everything into one NFT domain, it will still be in those crypto wallets, but just being able to interact with it all in one space would be perfect. And I think NFT domains have the, uh, probably, or have the possibility to do that, which would really help, Yeah. Uh, kind of simplify my crypto life. if that makes sense? Yeah. But um, to continue on to the use case, how would you say NFT domains can interact with many de- decentralized applications and like kind of linking or signing certain uh, kind of uh, crypto yeah. Um, applications?
0: Yeah, uh, great question. And, and I, so right now when you go on the internet and you jump from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram to TikTok, your identities are fragmented and the karma you've built up on those websites and social applications, the the, the comments you've made, the posts you've shared, they're, they're really not connected. And so once you start having one identity and you can log in with that across different websites, different decentralized applications, then you really start bringing everything together. So that hits on what I like to call persistent portable identity. So your NFT domain is going to be make your identity functional across every, every Web3 enabled app. And we have many different you know, Web2 usernames. And, and unfortunately, because there's no publicly accessible and secure database to do that identity lookup, they don't talk to each other. So to put that in easier terms, like Facebook has a database. They have your email and your password saved within it. When you log in, every time you enter those, it checks against the database. But the thing is Twitter's database is private and doesn't talk to Facebook's database. So when you go to Twitter, even if your email and your password are the same, they don't know that because they don't wanna share information together. The reason why they don't wanna share information is because that really goes against their business model, which is all about tracking user data so they, they, they can monetize off of ads. Everything is ad-based and it all comes down to being able to have as much data on the user as possible. And so they don't want to give that up to anybody else Um, because that would be that would just go against how they grow their business. So because of these domain names living on secure open source blockchains, now different applications can all reference this this same ledger of information like the Ethereum blockchain. So... Mm -hmm. That uh, that that ability to, you know, not just log in with your email and instead log in with your domain is is really powerful there, and it leads to a lot more things. So once you're logging in everywhere with your data, now all of a sudden it begs the question of, okay, how do I create this identity, this profile of myself, and take it take it with me, carry it with me across the internet? So I think we're going to see a lot of data associations to our domain names like right now it right now it's basic it's let me associate my my twitter let me associate my uh profile picture and my nft collection and let me give my my domain name has my name but soon it's going to entail things like let's i think an, an easy example is you could you could give your, you could associate your address with your domain, or you could associate your, um, maybe you even associate your Amazon account, for example. And then when you go to a website and you log in with your domain name, they're going to ask you for your data, and they're going to say, "Hey, can do we have permission to look at the data that you've connected to your your identity?" And so maybe that's your, uh, you you put your shoe size and you're you're shopping on like nike.com and the, they see your shoe size and now they're going to start giving you shoes only in the size available for you or mm-hmm. your so it's
1: kind of putting sorry to cut you off but it's kind of putting power back into the consumer
0: yeah and and the the truth is right now your data if you were to try to sell your data personally to like a company it's it's worthless uh, i don't think people should be thinking oh I go, I should go to a website and be able to sell my data for like five bucks or 10 bucks. I mean, the, the, the data at the scale that these companies are collecting it from is like pennies per person. Right. But it's, it's when they aggregate it that it's valuable. But so I think that specifically the data you associate with your domain, you're not going to be necessarily selling the data, but you're going to be giving the data to the companies and the websites in exchange for certain promotions and rewards. So, and better user experiences. So it's all about the user experience and the benefits we can give them. So I said, like, you could, I mean, this is just totally off the top of my head. Like you could connect your Amazon account. Well, if you do that, they can see that actually, you know what? Sorry, sorry, Michael, scrap the Amazon account. I'm going to go with an easier one. Let's say you, you just bought a home and you connected that home ownership or that mortgage loan data to your identity. Well, then you go to Wayfair.com and the Wayfair sells furniture. Wayfair asks you for your, to share some of your data you've associated with your profile. You say yes. They can now see that you just bought, a, you have a mortgage and that's new. And they can also see that you've never shopped at Wayfair before because your identity has not been logged in their, in their system. Mm-hmm. Now they can offer you ten percent off your your first per your first purchase for new furniture for your home. They could offer you like ten thousand dollars to go towards uh, fifty thousand dollars worth worth of new home furniture, whatever that may be. You know, companies are going to run the cost analysis for like these new new promotions, but basically the the cost of acquisition of a customer these days is a primary metric for every company, whether you're internet or retail, and And instead of paying for advertisements, we're going to see people offering promotions instead. And the best way to offer a personalized promotion is by being able to really understand who the person that they're interacting with is. And the best way to do that isn't to data farm your internet experience because how many times have you bought, uh, how many times have you bought, I don't know, like LED lights on Amazon And then after you buy that you're still getting advertisements for led lights Mm -hmm. even though you bought them already so the best way isn't to do these ad based uh targeting and instead it's to do promotion based benefits that improve the user experience of everybody on the internet
1: yeah that that makes complete sense especially on the business side why would you continue to fish in the same pool of people that maybe you've already caught if that makes sense instead why don't you just have a promotion where maybe you give a certain discount or whatever. And we'll be like, if a company can be like, if we, if you allow us to use your previous uh, internet data, we will give you 10% off. uh, If like, if we were allowed to use it or something, it just makes more sense because you're not constantly like you're getting a new audience and you're able to do an even more unique personal kind of not really advertisement, but direct to consumer. If that makes sense through the internet. Yep. But um, I mean that's awesome. I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of potential with not only the business side of NFT domains, but it also it's kind of a win win in both situations because the users are fully like aware of what's going on because they have to allow it to happen. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know it does. But also with uh, someone's kind of personal NFT domain what kind of uh digital kind of identity do they have to give like do are they do they have to or are you or is nft domains gonna have like a verify of humanity or a kyc like does that have to happen so nft domains don't require kyc
0: or verification of humanity but it is something we're thinking about so Unstoppable Domains rolled out a feature recently called Humanity Check, and it's 100% opt-in. You do not have to do it if you don't want to. Now, why would you want to verify your humanity? Well, bots and fake accounts are becoming more and more prevalent on on the internet, especially social media platforms, especially with things like fake news and stuff like that going on. And so you know, Elon Musk just bought Twitter. One of the main reasons he bought Twitter was to to stop the bots to and he and he said he has said on twitter publicly that he will verify all humans on the platform now doing that reduces the negative experience we get when we post and we and we get interacted with bots if you've ever tried to buy an nft and it's it's sold out and minted out in minutes because the bots beat you to it i mean those are real problems and it's kind of crazy thinking about it, but we're kind of at this inflection point with the internet where we need to start verifying that we're a real human on the internet. It's the first time in human history that a human has to prove they're a human. Uh, and that's because of these, uh, these digital art alternatives. So, you know, I go back to this example where you're connecting with different applications uh, through your NFT domain. You log in, you sign in with your domain, and they're going to ask you f- for humanity proof. Uh, to to proceed and and we're we're building that kind of technology so that's one and then there's KYC two know your customer uh, and and really KYC is more of an investment kind of. Eh. It's really something only investors have had to deal with in the past, mm-hmm. but we're seeing a lot of regulations come out around crypto and NFTs, sometimes re- requiring KYC to happen. And so there's a lot of pushback because some people view it as not decentralized, but yeah. it is, it's going to be a feature that gets built out. And again, it's going to be something that's opt-in, but we, while it's opt-in for Unstoppable, it may not be opt-in for the next nft you want to buy or the yeah. website you want to engage with so you have to make those decisions yourself
1: yeah i mean a lot of people um in the crypto space want everything to be fully decentralized which is technically kind of impossible because nothing can be um like you can't be completely anonymous just because when everything's on the blockchain everything can be looked at and tracked but i think not maybe not KYC, does, KYC doesn't, uh, isn't something that has to happen, but especially with verifying humanity and proving that a human is a human is so important because it just makes everything just real. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, if I'm if I post something on Twitter, like, I'm not like I'll, I'll swipe up and instantly, like, or I'll refresh and then, like, five bots have like my post and commented, like, if you want a promotion, tag me or contact me here. It's like you're that, that's not a real person. Like yeah. I just posted in, in 0.3 seconds later, they're already asking uh, to promote. But I can see, especially maybe like KYC, playing more into the reputation factor of an NFT domain or yeah. kind of your your uh, digital identity and being able to prove like kind of just like a just being able to prove that. Not only you're a real human, but you are currently like in the NFT and Web3 space. Like you've been here for a while. Your refu- your internet reputation is good. Kind of like a, a Web3 um, a credit score. Yeah, if that makes sense. I think I think it's really important.
0: Totally. Yeah, And I'll say just touching on the decentralization comment, um, you know, a lot of people in crypto think everything should be decentralized or they're decentralization maxis. And it was pretty interesting I learned this recently. How many times did decentralization get mentioned in the Satoshi Nakamoto Bitcoin white paper? Do you have any idea?
1: Oh, I've, oh, I've heard someone mention this. Um, I, I don't think even once, maybe like I, I maybe once or twice. I yeah. Don't think so
0: it, it didn't get mentioned once. Zero times was the word decentralization used. And that's because Bitcoin was originally created to be uh, a secure asset that could not be controlled by it was, it was really a, the purpose was security and not and not uh and not, oh my god i'm gonna i always have trouble saying this word anonymity or the focus is security and anonymity, anonymity? <laughs> that, that's yeah. such a hard word yeah i feel like finding <laughs> nemo would have uh struggle with <laughs> so um you know what i'm saying so it's about security it's not about being anonymous and um but more so provable like you are who you say you are so um yeah we'll, we'll see how the decentralization and and the anonymous thing plays out but yeah I think KYC is coming to a lot of folks whether they want it or not because regulations are coming and they're going to have to adopt to it
1: yeah I think especially I see I view KYC the same as I view like government regulation because yes it's It is, like, uh, making crypto more decentralized with more regulation as well as KYC. But the thing is, you kind of have to realize that there has to be some type of protection in, like, the crypto community where, obviously, the government can make a bad regulation and hurt the community. But as long, like, it would, especially in my opinion, you might disagree. But I think there needs to be a kind of big brother aspect, maybe not fully in the like not fully um controlling but I feel like there needs to be something especially like I did a news story a few days ago about how the SEC is hiring more people to pretty much hunt down crypto scams and people that are doing rug pulls like I think that's really important to help the community thrive and grow and be looked at as something more serious than just like a Ponzi scheme if that makes sense
0: yeah no totally And, and you even, you were even talking about reputation earlier too. Like the, when, when you, when everything you post and do online can be tracked back to one identity. And the reason that can't happen now, again, is because of that, the the, the data that all of our information sits on right now is in siloed databases controlled by hundreds of different companies. Every company you interact with has their own database. And so none of that information is connected. And so by now have flipping this on its script and by having one identity associated with all your internet actions, you can start building this reputation. Are you a good contributor to the internet? Do, do you, you share false information? You know, this kind of stuff is going to be linked back to who you are and is going to really benefit the people who are engaging in the internet in a positive way. So I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, especially in the crypto space especially with um, stuff like rug pull scams or fake ICOs, they're really created by the same kind of group of people that constantly like do it again, make a new account, do it again, and Mm -hmm. kind of build up there and just make a fake reputation over and over again. But if, if it's something that can be tracked and their reputation is online, where this person has created this many accounts and these accounts have been known to be the leaders of a rug pull, then people will be like, then they won't be able to do that because their kind of criminal record, you could say, quote unquote, criminal record, is public yeah. on the block. Like it, it's, it, it really would help just make it, make the kind of world safer, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. And you obviously have worked on the podcast for uh, multiple months and you've seen, I've, I mentioned earlier how you've seen massive growth and how, like, I just want to, I'm um, kind of, venturing off the whole nft domains because we've talked about it for a while and hopefully all uh, the all the viewers at home have got a full grasp of what nfts have to offer but how was the transition of becoming a podcast host um like obviously you were a podcast host before but how was it uh, how was it moving to an even bigger podcast that had a lot more like viewers like how was that
0: you know i i think it's been fun um it's it's given me a platform to speak from, to share my takes and to share other people's takes. So I really try to approach it. I wanna bring a diverse guest list to the table, people from entrepreneurs, creators and artists, investors and venture capitalists. I wanna make sure that we're getting men and, and women involved and, and, and giving like women more of a seat at the Web3 table. So it's been a great learning experience. Um, and ultimately, I I just enjoy having getting the chance to engage with the community. So I'm super active on Twitter. You, anyone listening, you can find me at JustWavyJ on Twitter. That's J U S T W A V Y J. And it's been it's just been fun. People slide in my DMs, have conversations. I I make YouTube videos, and I I like see all the comments there. And and but more more than anything, I would say. I love just working with people who are into crypto just as much as I am. So getting to talk to them in our company Slack channel, at our company offsites, that's been fun too. So there's been a lot of there's been a lot of benefits around just how how I who who I talk to this stuff about. Um previously was really limited to the people I live with or my my girlfriend who's tired of hearing me talk about NFTs and and now that group I get to engage with is so much larger. So, um, that, that's been nice, but from a content perspective, I'll also say like content can be difficult because, because you, what, what you put out there is subject for, for constant criticism. Yeah. Constant criticism from people. And sometimes you're, sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you have a bad take. Uh, and then, then there's also the consistency thing we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. There's a little bit of a pressure to always show up online, like, what happens if I take a couple of days off Twitter? It, being on social media can be very tiring, but right now I'm energized by it, and and definitely I'm gonna be keeping this up. So I a big question I ask myself when taking the job is like, what's the value of being the face of a major crypto brand? Um, you know, eventually, uh, eventually, hopefully, a billion dollar crypto brand. And so I think about that, you know, there's a lot of benefits that come from the network and the you just just the people you get to the doors that you get to open up with when that happens. So everything I can't I can't complain right now, man. It's been great.
1: Yeah, that's awesome to hear, especially I'm happy to hear that uh, you're you're expecting more growth in the future. As when I am with this podcast, we're all just here to grow. And not only are we growing, but we're growing in the right way where we're not just spewing information. We're growing through uh, kind of teaching and educating, if that makes sense, which I think is very important to onset the or just massive growth potential of crypto and Web3 by getting more people to maybe they don't have to. Maybe they don't even have to invest in crypto work. But if they're able to learn about it and have a basic understanding, that goes a long way, especially with the future of crypto. Because not it, it's weird to say constantly, but we are still early just for everything. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's weird to say that we're always early, but we, like the internet always felt like it was early in, in 1990s and, and so forth. So it's just...
0: No, we're, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely early and, and you know, it's, it is, it, there's this like education focus and, and hopefully it's fun too. Like hopefully when you're learning about this, it's fun. I, I kind of have a little bit of a saying is I want to, I want to be the cool friend that just teaches you interesting shit like you everyone should have that friend who's just into stuff before it's cool or you know Mm -hmm. researching things tinkering with things and how many times i've just explained you know nfts to my friends or crypto to my friends like people i know that people are interested in that but not everyone has that person they can just hit up and say yo what's up with this tell me more about this mint and so that's kind of a goal of the podcast and the youtube and the tiktok and all that kind of stuff too is just being that person for someone when we don't always have it
1: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'll talk to my friends about this stuff. They'll be like, "Yeah, Michael, how's that? Um, how's that Bitcoin podcast going?" I'm like, "Okay, let me just take a step back. It's not not just Bitcoin. Let me explain everything that's going on. There's a lot more to it." Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's great to see that it's it's kind of fun being the person that's willing to explain and maybe people that listen to this podcast or even this episode, maybe maybe both of our podcasts will be able to learn something. Like my goal of each episode is to give the viewer something they could tell their friends about. And I think if you do that, then the growth prospects are enormous.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: totally. To kind of uh, move on, we'll kind of move to some more fun questions, kind of similar to um, your podcast, Web 123 segment at the end, where you kind of just ask the guests a little bit of, Uh, fun questions that really aren't exactly on topic but for to start what what would you say is your favorite crypto currently or maybe even blockchain
0: from like a token perspective um yes hmm my favorite my favorites ethereum still i i think that ethereum is proving to be where the people are developing um, what developers are building, it's where a lot of the OG NFT collections are. So I do think that the the gas and the kind of the transaction fee element and the the transaction speed are areas that need improvement. So I got my eyes on Solana, um, mm-hmm. uh, and I've got my a, a Phantom wallet. I'm experimenting, but yeah, top ones definitely definitely ethereum and i've even been playing around with a lot of layer twos on ethereum like optimism and arbitrum and and the yeah. hot bridge so experimenting there's so much to
1: experiment on there yeah you talk you talk about being how you own your own uh board or mutate, but um how did how, how how do you what's your opinion on what happened during the other side land mint where pretty much gas fees are almost were almost thousands of dollars just to mint an NFT? What was your kind of experience with that?
0: Yeah, you know, I, so I, I minted four pieces of land. So from two wallets and I, so I paid gas fees twice and they were a lot. Like I paid about four Ethan gas. And I, I understand that's not something everyone can do. That's a very cost prohibitive way of engaging with the NFT community, but I did it. So I didn't love that there was a gas war. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can approach a, a highly anticipated mint from a pure k- kind of free market capitalism perspective. It was fair in the chance that in the sense that if you wanted to pay gas fees, you could pay it. Like it, it, it was, it, it literally went to the highest bidder. Is that the best way to get new entrants in the NFT world? No. Um, so, could there have maybe been like a raffle instead? Sure, but people would have still complained about that not being fair because some people who have been longtime NFT holders would have missed out, right? Um, simply by the nature of not winning the raffle. So, yeah, the, the gas fees were crazy. I hope Yuga Labs did refund everyone who had their transaction fail. So that was a good move. I think their response could have been a little bit more empathetic. So I think there was mm-hmm. there's room for improvement there but you know ultimately i'm not upset about the gas uh i did like i mentioned earlier i did sell pre-reveal so I, I had a profitable trade i think if you if you didn't get anything rare on your land and you are still holding you'd be at a slight loss but um history so far has showed us never to fade Yuga labs because so far everything they've dropped has gone up in value
1: yeah it's crazy Yuga labs is really kind of be not I, I don't want to call them a monopoly but they're really just a big player in the game where if you the labs is doing something people turn their heads and it's it's important to pay attention yep um to kind of continue on uh, obviously you talked about how you're looking in Solana as well would you call yourself a, a more more of a fan of proof of stake or proof of work hmm. You know, I don't even know if that's something
0: I have too strong of an opinion on, but I would guess I would say proof of stake just from the environmental perspective so we can move to that and kind of put that argument to rest. So I'd say proof of
1: stake. Yeah, because really the only proof of work thing or kind of blockchain that's going to stay around for long is Bitcoin mean, everything else. Obviously, Ethereum is still proof of work, but... Um, we've seen major delays in the Ethereum proof of stake kind of Ethereum 2.0 kind of aspect. Yeah. But I mean, w- once once it fully, um, the sharding happens, whether or not that's this year or the, the early early next year, it's going to change the game. Like proof of work will be a thing in the past. Totally. Yeah. But um, also, if you can make something if you, or you could have something that was completely decentralized and completely open sourced, what would it be and why?
0: Sorry so you're saying if there's one thing I can open source what would it be and why
1: Yes yes
0: hmm oh that's a tough one um if there was one thing I could open source you know I, I gotta say that this is just because I've been thinking about this a lot recently with the Twitter news but I I think it's the I think it's the Twitter it, it would be it would be Twitter because that is where. That is a global area for public discourse and right now the algorithm that controls twitter what people see how people are censored is how people are verified is completely in control of the hands of a company and so by open sourcing the like communication the social layer i think we can get just more um more trust in the information we're seeing online so uh the twitter is the big one that pops out of me but that's also just been the one that's been most discussed recently
1: yeah yeah um a few like about a week ago i made a video or sorry an episode all about so um elon bought twitter what does that mean for crypto what does that mean for the future of crypto kind of just like a pure speculate speculation slash news episode and all i taught all like doing the research all i realized was like wow he bought the town square he bought the like media he technically owns where the majority of people my age and a little bit older and like especially you get all of our information like Mm -hmm. if he he, i i made me realize how much power someone like elon musk now has and obviously i believe that it's good for twitter all in all because i think to by making it private they don't have to um kind of lean into the uh i don't want to get into any politics but they're able to kind of just have the truth out there they don't have to play to a certain side if that makes sense they're able yeah. to just be twitter which is good to see but um totally. yeah op- an open source social media where a bunch of different people are able to kind of t- tweak it to make it perfect it would be very very nice but one last question uh, not related to crypto or any uh, or anything at all, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why?
0: Oh, man. One superpower. Another thing I haven't thought about. I think that if I had one superpower, it would be... Oh, man. I, I feel like it's not... I I feel like it's not some. I don't know if I necessarily want to fly. I think I want to talking about talking about Elon Musk more. Like I I wish that I could. Is it? it, It's got to be like a superpower to expand my brain capacity. Like the (laughs) the way that Elon context switches between thinking about rocket design to solar energy to ship
1: posting on twitter yeah to ship <laughs>
0: like i actually don't i i legitimately don't think i could do that like i mean if i was smart enough like i don't think i could have the energy to go from thing to thing to thing like uh, it, it's it's that is a tiring task that most of us really have no um experience in and so i would say it would be to increase my ability to maintain a high level level of intellectual energy between very intensive tasks if if there's a name for i guess that should be called i want to go genius mode so i recognize i think i'm smart but i I, I, i'm not elon so that's my superpower
1: (laughs) that that's a pretty that's a unique one i like that a lot of people would go basic with just oh i like to fly wouldn't have to go in the car anymore but yeah i like that i like um that's that's unique but um i just want to thank you again for coming on the podcast i really appreciate um kind of you coming on and spreading your information as well as explaining to the uh, viewers at home what nft domains are and especially what the future of nft domains are and if uh any of the viewers at home would like to uh continue on uh and follow you with what you do how can they kind of or find out where you, like, what are your socials and yeah. where can they find the,
0: you? The best way to find me is at Twitter. Uh, my handle is JustWavyJ and you could find me, I, I just changed my NFT domain name today to 0 Josh. as that a, that's a, a, a little bit of a, uh, Ethereum shout out. So, yeah, JustWavyJ on Twitter and then listen to my podcast, The Unstoppable Podcast uh, on all your favorite streaming platforms and YouTube and And then when it comes to uh, this episode, I I just really appreciate you bringing me on, Michael. Keep fighting the good fight, connecting with people around crypto, and uh, I wish you the best with your podcast too.
1: Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And obviously, um, for our viewers at home, if you want to continue following this podcast, feel free to give us five stars on Spotify. That really helps um, Spotify know that even though we are small podcast, people still love listening to it. And give us a follow on our social medias as well. It is at NFT underscore nation underscore podcast on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. It's easy to find. It's all the same. And yeah, guys, hopefully you learned something today and we'll see you all later.